Welcome back to the Bar Down Breakdown, where we're barring down, breaking down, episode 68 coming at you. Mikey, what's going on, bud? Dude, just planning a virtual baby shower. Like, who thought that that would be such a pain in the butt? So, how, like, what is, what does that involve? Dude, there's like so many different platforms for each component of it that, you know, if you if you think about like if you're selling online merchandise or even with this podcast, like when you have multiple links, it mm-hmm. confuses people and yeah. like it, it frustrates them like they don't have the attention span to go click through six different links to get to what they need. Gotcha. And that's the kind of problem we're facing right now is that like there's all these specific websites for each different component of the virtual baby shower where there's not just like one like perfect host that does like the video portion does like the game portion like there isn't just one perfect platform so that's kind of what we're in right now so you're like you have to like kind of mix it up between everything yeah i mean we um you know obviously uh when amanda and i picked out our wedding website that was like way easier i mean we just did uh you know one of those uh platforms out of the knot which was just super easy. We just kind of compiled everything we needed to right then and there. Uh, but I mean, you know, an actual virtual baby shower, I'm sure that's a lot of involvement and you guys are doing a lot of stuff. How many, uh, how many people are you inviting? Like how, how many people are, are going to be attending all at once? You're going to laugh. So <laughs> obviously my mom has to be heavily involved because, you yep. know, mother of the, the grandmother, I guess at this point. Yep, exactly. And, she doesn't even know like how to turn a computer on. So <laughs> when I was like, Hey mom, can you send me like a guest list? She's like, all right, I'll mail it to you. So like, oh my God. So I am literally waiting on snail mail to figure out even how many people from like my side of the family we need to invite. Insane. So could you imagine like me trying to explain to my mom how to join a zoom call? Oh, forget it, man. Forget you're, it. You're... Um, I'm in for it. I might as well just fly back to New York to like set up a computer so that she can join because she she's not going to be able to figure it out. Honestly, I mean, like as crazy as that sounds, you might just have to do that. I mean, you know, it's uh... Michael. I'm firing up the compact Presario. <laughs> is this is this thing worth money? You know, it's yeah, that that's a, that's a Gail Ryanism if I ever heard one. You know, it's tough, man, because uh, there are some, you know, people in that generation that, you know, kind of like kind of walk on the line of that boomer generation who are really good adapters to technology. And some people just are never able to get it. Uh, so it's a it's a rough one. But, uh, you know, I always think of um, of, uh, you know, like my, my mom, who's like kind of a really good adapter when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, there's still some things like, you know, we got her like an Echo Show and uh, she's got a really big house and she's got it so far away from her, like where her Wi-Fi is. So it always comes in crappy. And I'm always like, Mom, you got to move it closer to the router. And she's like, oh, that doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, like. They're obviously going to have a different term when we get older, but when I'm yeah. like 50 or 60 and retired, 
I'm going to stop giving a crap too. And I'm just, I'm just <laughs> going to be like, ah, I don't know technology. And, and just like use that as a, use that as an excuse for everything. It's not a bad excuse, obviously. But, uh, there's one thing that we know you'll be doing when you're 50 or 60. It's the same thing I'll be doing when I'm 50 or 60. It's listening to music, watching hockey, and probably when we're both 50 or 60, we'll still pooping be wearing. Pants. We'll be pooping our pants, but we'll be doing it in style, wearing our violent gentleman gear. And uh, I mean, what a better segue than that to talk about our guest. Uh, we're kind of still pinching ourselves on it. We don't really quite know how, uh, how we ended up working this one out, but our guest coming up is none other than the hammer himself from violent gentlemen. And, um, I mean, not a nicer guy in the world. He is just super awesome. Um, our interview coming up, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, how they got started, their ties to the scene. Uh, why Buffalo is their second home, but I'm not going to bore you with all the nonsense because you're just going to listen to it in like 45 seconds. So here's what I'm going to tell you, man. Um, episode 68 this is Bar Down Breakdown. We're killing it. We are super duper pumped to be talking to Hammer from The Violent Gentleman, the premier hockey and music apparel company, the premier collaboration company. So without further ado, we'll kick right into it. Enjoy our interview with Hammer. We'll see you on the other side. Violent gentleman, Hammer. What is going on, dude? What's up, guys? I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to chat with a couple Islanders fans. Yeah, we do <laughs> exist. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because I went to the Barclays Center and I would argue otherwise. All right, that's not our real home. <laughs> that's not our real I home. I understand. I understand. It, it's a terrible place for hockey. It's okay. Yeah, Long Islanders. I mean, like, it's really funny because I mean. Brooklyn is not really that difficult to get to, but like Long Islanders, that's like their biggest complaint. It's like, you know what I got to do? Get to 
to Barclays. I got to take this train and this train. I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't tailgate. Like, that's really what it is, man. Like, oh, I love it's it. Just, it's just the lack of being able to get hammered in the Nassau Coliseum parking lot. That's what everybody hates about the Barclays Center. I mean, they should just be honest and say that. That's a fair assumption. I I wish they were. I wish they were more honest. It would it would be more transparency. It would make us look better because it, honestly, you'd be like, oh, okay, now I get it. it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard <laughs> to get hammered in the parking lot of a place without a parking lot. Exactly. <laughs> it's just funny because like we were talking before we started recording, like it's not cheap to live on Long Island, but yep. Islander fans as a whole are the cheapest mother effers I've ever met in my whole entire life. Like they expect, they expect to be able to go to games for $12 because like, obviously when things were really bad, that's how cheap tickets were. Yeah. And like, they just, for some reason think that that's normal. And it's like, go to any other arena around the country. You are not paying that except like maybe Carolina. I mean, I'll tell you what, out here in California, there's some Anaheim games or Kings games this year that got down to like, when it was getting bad, I think you could get a seat for like 15 bucks or something like that. I'm sure that's like, which, like as you're walking into the arena though, right? Like right before um, puck drops. Or maybe, maybe day of situation. Yeah. You could still definitely get that, you know, on Long Island. And I'm sure like in a lot of places, but you know, I'm talking like box office prices, <laughs> like oh, yeah, going that's... going to the box office and paying twelve dollars and saying like, yeah, I'm in the Boy Scouts, but sir, you're forty. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah, life, you know, lifelong. You get you get like spoiled too, because I remember uh, growing up like in the mid '90s, um, Shea Stadium had this promotion they were running for a couple of years uh, out in the outfield called the Pepsi Porch, and. Uh, Granted, you had to wait on like a three hour line, like early in the morning to get into like a 1 p.m. game. But all you had to do was bring an empty can of Pepsi and you got free admission and you just sat out in the wow. outfield, bleach your seats. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. obviously they did away with it. They, they were only doing it for a couple of years. And of course, they were doing it when, you know, the Mets were terrible, like really yeah, terrible. They, yeah, they should, <laughs> but, they should have filled some seats. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, like that's that's, you know, that's kind of that whole new york ethos it's either one side or the other it's either dirt cheap or you know you know clamoring to get into metlife stadium to see like a giants game and spending like 600 bucks so isn't that wild how how new york how new york as a whole is one way or the other it's almost like there's no middle class in new york oh there isn't no no they're all in north carolina (laughs) (laughs) no i I wish i was kidding but it's true like the middle class is slowly being suffocated out of New York, especially on Long Island. And you either have the ultra, ultra rich or you have those on like government assistance. There's no in between. Oh, get out. Go to North Carolina. I hear it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Oh, it is. It really is. Nothing but great that's, things to say. So that's fantastic. Hammer, I guess we could just talk about where we live for an hour or we could talk about violent gentleman and i would much rather talk about that <laughs> <laughs> well, hey whatever you guys want i'm just here to hang with some friends so amen i love it you love it yep so i guess i want to go back to the beginning because i was doing a little research and okay. it looks like it kind of started with like george paros who you know obviously is with the nhl now but like yep. how did that 
collaboration happen because that's one of many, many Violent Gentlemen collaborations years to come later. Um, so, okay, so to go all the way back, I was working for another clothing company. Um, I worked at a few different clothing lines, and uh, I started making – George was kind of like – I don't know if you remember this, like, that, like – I mean, George was kind of like the golden era of – or the modern golden era of the Enforcer, I should say. Like, the golden era is like – you know, your proverts and such, et cetera. Yeah. George was kind of part of this like second wave of the big enforcers that was just like such a rad time for hockey. Um, and so in Anaheim, he was like a fucking character. Like he was the face of every commercial. Like when like Honda or whoever would come in and want a commercial, they were like, they didn't have Timu or Getzoff or Niedermeyer in a commercial. They had George. <laughs> and it was like, because he was very personable. He's a great, like, it was just all things lined up. So it was, it was amazing. So I started selling these shirts in the parking lot of ducks games that said Peros nation and had his face on them. And I would sell them in the parking lot. And then when the game was going to start, I put my stuff away and I go into the game. Well, one day the orange County Sheriff rolled up on me, a plain clothes cop. And he was like, Hey, you can't sell stuff here. I got to take all your shirts from you. I'm like, all right, no big deal. I hand him over. I go into the game. He took them and gave them to the team and said, hey, we, someone was selling these outside. What we do is we just turn them over to the team. You guys do what you want. So then George saw them and was like, I keep seeing people during warm-up on the glass wearing those shirts. What is the deal with these things? And my buddy that worked for the team at the time, she was like, oh, that's my friend. He makes these. He sells them. He's a big fan. And he was like, dude, I got to meet this guy. Like, what, what's the deal here? So we link up on text and we, and we get on a phone call. And he had like some kind of, he had a charity that he did um, that was like men's health related. And so we started, I started helping him with getting some design work, getting some this, that. And then uh, I brought in my friend and now co-owner at Violent Gentleman, Brian. And because he's a, a graphic designer by trade. And I was like, hey, you need some design work. Let's let's go meet with this guy. So we go, we watch, we go to a Ducks game, we uh we hang, we watch the game, and then we eat dinner with George at the Honda Center after. And we're talking, and Brian is like, has this idea. He's like, dude, like, we'll help you with your charity, and that's great, but we should also just try to start a clothing line and see what we can do. And George is like, dude, I'm totally down. Like, let's do both. So on the drive home, Brian was like, I've had this idea, literally a, a folder on my computer just titled this for like 11 years, and I've never done anything with it. Um, and it's just this name that I had thought of and found, so, you know, whatever, and, but never had the right thing to put it to. And it was Violent Gentleman. And he's like, dude, we just met that guy. He's like, he's, he's fucking 6'6". Six, six. He looks like a Greek god. He... <laughs> He's telling us how he graduated from this Ivy League school. He's super well-educated, crazy smart, super tough. He's like, this name, like, is him. Like, he is the personification of Violent Gentleman. So I text George, and I go, hey, how do you, what do you think about Violent Gentleman? And he just texts me back. He's like, love it. Let's start it tomorrow. I'm like, all right. So that was November 27th, 2011. Yeah, 2011. Um, and so we just started ripping from there. And we, we 
we crushed and gained a lot of our notoriety via George uh, because like we were kind of cruising for a couple of years. Then he got traded to, well, first he got traded to Florida and it was terrible for the brand. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of a funny time, but then he got traded to Montreal and the weekend he got traded to Montreal, our entire website sold out. Like, wow, it was, it was banana. So website sells out. We're getting a ton of messages. Like, we welcome your brand to our city. Like people in Montreal were so great to us. It was, it was just incredible. Um, and then you kind of fast forward a little bit more and George, uh, started working with the league. And when he started working with the league and in player safety, he was like, Hey, like they aren't saying this, but I personally want to have like no vested interests in anything while I'm doing this job. So I'm going to, I'm going to step away from the brand and kind of just let you guys take off with it and kind of just wish you good luck. So we got, we got our, our top dog poached, <laughs> poached from us by the NHL, which is, which is kind of amazing. And we're super stoked for him and like everything he's doing. But now Brian and I just handle the business and handle the day to day. And that's kind of like the, uh, the like quick nine years <laughs> in a, in a fast little story. No, I love it. And like, you know, it's just crazy how one player like kind of like going out on the line and saying like, yeah, I love this shirt ended up turning into this like massive empire and like Dude, not trying to like discredit what you guys are doing, but like, you know, him going out of his way and giving you guys a shot like is what sparked you. Absolutely did. And and we talk about this all the time where. Had we started, I think the problem a lot of people have is like, is if you looked at like that Ducks team and you said, I'm going to start a clothing line with a player from this team, nine out of 10 people are probably picking a star player. They're probably going, give me Scott Niedermeyer or give me Getzloff or give me Perry or give me one of these guys. And we went with the underdog and we went with the guy who we knew had a ton of personality, a ton of style and genuinely loved hanging out and talking to fans like he that is the number one thing that like um like for example we did a collab with ea sports and uh ea was doing these signings where they said hey when the game drops you know say it drops thursday wednesday night we're doing a signing in all of these nhl cities where it's a player from the team and they're signing copies of the game that we've put them on the cover and like all this huge thing so we did shirts for all these cities. And in Montreal, I forget who the player was. It was a younger guy. And uh, they asked George, hey, since VG's involved, will you also go to the signing? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So George showed up, crazy Montreal scene, like lying around the block, you know, whatever. So the sign, they told the players, like, hey, you're paid to sign for whatever, two hours. At the end of two hours, there was still a line around the block. And the the young the younger player that they had hired to do it was like started getting up and was like, all right, I'm going to bail. Like I got paid for my two hours and it's over. And George was like, hey man, sit back down. We are sitting here until every fan is gone. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, what do you mean? He's like this. He's like these people are why we get paid what we do. We're gonna sit. We're gonna sit here until the last person has a copy of the game signed. And they sat there forever signing shit. And George was just like, he constantly was trying to teach the young guys, like, dude, the reason you're here is because of them. 
So whatever they need, obviously not to like a, a weird, creepy extent, because <laughs> people can get people can get weird. Oh, but yeah. like like you're at a signing, like, dude, sit here until the last fucking kid gets a picture with you. Because yeah. because you don't realize it because it's just like taking up your afternoon, but you're changing their life. Like let like 10 years from now, they're gonna go, Oh, look at look at when I was eight and I got this pick with George Peros. Like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? So so that that mantra that he has and that vibe is what really made us successful is we just took that and it was kind of interesting because we all kind of like had this like none of us were like scummy business people. We were all just had this same mindset and idea and like to be people first and like just kind of be the George of clothing companies. And from that, it has, you know, flourished. Absolutely. And I mean, also, like, realistically, like, who's who's going to tell George Paros, like, no, right? Like, <laughs> he's, he's going to, like, annihilate you if you if you try it. So I'm, I'm sure homeboy didn't have much of a much of an yeah, opportunity I mean, either way. <laughs> I, I, I think he was a pretty strong veteran presence in the locker room. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So um, just a, so just a, a quick question. So I know, obviously, you know, you, you are you've got your your roots in California, but, um, yep. I know like y- you guys have like a, a big, strong kind of like connection to, to Buffalo as well. Um, I know like you've got, you've even got some, um, some, some stuff like in KeyBank. So just out of curiosity, like, like, you know, is it, uh, why is there so much popularity? Like, why do you, why do you guys have roots there? Like where, where did that come from? So it's pretty crazy. So California is our clear cut. Number one. Like our people here support us like crazy ducks fans, Kings fans, sharks fans, all the way down to the goals in San Diego, all hockey fans in general in California have been just incredible to us. And we love them. Um, And outside of that, our number two city is Buffalo, New York. And how this started was with our relationship to every time I die. Uh So we were super close with those guys. Uh, We've just been friends with them for years. Uh, I mean, to to varying ex- extents. Like when Andy used to come out here and do wrestling things, you know, before he was big time AEW guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he would come out here and he would stay at my house, and we would just, you know, go eat ridiculous meals and hang and have have a great time. They're just, they're just the best dudes, and by way of that, they kind of invited us into Buffalo, and so we started going to Buffalo. And people talk shit about Buffalo and some crap city and this and that. And it is probably very shitty if you don't know the right people in the right places to go. Because <laughs> people and food establishments will change the game on any city in the world. If Absolutely. you meet the right if you meet the right person and they can take you to the right restaurant, you'll have a great time anywhere you go in the world. And so in Buffalo, they started taking us to all their spots. We started meeting some other people like at Lenova Pizza our friends at Oxford Pennant that are making these beautiful things. Mm-hmm. I say this because as I'm, I'm in my home office, I have a eight foot violent gentleman hockey club banner that they made uh, that says Buffalo, New York, which is amazing. Awesome. So that's in my office in California, <laughs> but the people of Buffalo kind of just invited us in. They were like, it was kind of like that, like, you know, early on going to shows when you were starting to mix with like, like when your long Island crew was meeting, like, the hardcore kids from Brooklyn or wherever. And they're kind of yeah. like, they're like, no, uh, Tom's cool. Uh, I met him at this place. He used to work with my buddy. And like, you yep. kind of start mixing crews a little bit. Absolutely. And like, 
and like vetting people out, it was the same. Etid was like, "Violent gentlemen's cool. They're coming to Buffalo," and all of Buffalo like gave a thumbs up and was like, "Rad, we'll see you at Ted's. Let's do this." Love so it. It, it's been it's been awesome. We go back once a year for the big Tid the season show, yep. and we we do like a big hockey jersey collab with Etid and. We do stuff with Oxford Pennant. We just try to do like as much as we can out there because we genuinely love the city. It's it's a great time. Awesome. And then uh, on on that note, so you know, as far as obviously, you know, you guys are absolutely crushing it with all these collaborations that you're doing. I mean, it's just it, it's Thank it's so you. wild. You're very, you're very welcome, man. So I, I guess the real question is, um, was Etid like the first? band that like you like kind of like you dipped your toe into the water with doing these crossovers or was like what was the first band i guess that really like kind of drew it out there for you and everyone else was like yo this is dope we got to get on this train yeah it uh, was definitely the first and we i think we counted since then i think we've done like 20 pieces with Eaton. like okay. like just some silly amount where it's just like every year we're just like what else do you guys want to do all right now what do you want to do like we just keep going and it's it's incredible. And I think part of that, Eaton fans are extremely loyal and amazing. BG fans are the same. And then on top of that, people in Buffalo, I don't know if you 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 guys check this kind of stuff out at all, but like the Sabres haven't made the playoffs in eight years, ten years. Yeah, yeah like ten years or something, yeah. And uh big anniversary for them. And uh unfortunately. <laughs> and, but if you look at the TV ratings for the playoffs. They'll say like Stanley Cup final uh, ratings, right? Say it's, uh, you know, whoever. It's, it's uh, the Blackhawks and the Rangers, whatever. The number one city is always like, you know, whoever's in it. It's Chicago. Okay. Yep. Number two is always Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Always. Like when you look at hockey ratings, they do not stop watching. They watch all the way through the playoffs like their team is in it. So that them being these hockey loyalists it's just the perfect it's the perfect place for us now i went to school in upstate new york so like okay a couple hours away from buffalo but a lot of my roommates are from buffalo so i've been to a bunch of games in buffalo and i've been to like buffalo bills games i got i've got a pretty good buffalo experience but something people don't realize is that the city of buffalo also sells out every single Buffalo Bandits game, which is the indoor lacrosse. Come on. Dude, I wondered about that because I saw the merch at the arena. That's wild. Yeah. So, like, think about some NHL teams. And, you know, our team, for example, the New York Islanders, like, we don't sell out every game, but the city of yeah. Buffalo sells out every single Buffalo Bandits game, which is if you, wild. If you put the word Buffalo on something, they support the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's amazing. That's amazing. Damn. Now, you mentioned Buffalo Pizza, and yep. this is totally random, but I, no, I did watch uh, some of the YouTube videos, and you go to this same pizza establishment. Now, yep. when people say New York pizza is the best, they're not really talking about Buffalo New York pizza, but interesting. they have their own specific, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say, like, genre, but, like, category of pizza and here in north carolina there's actually a place called taste of buffalo so like come on yeah so buffalo new york style pizza is a thing oh that's incredible 
So, like, be, how would you compare be, it? Uh, I, you know, this this is another thing where where I, I talked about this. The second element is the people, and so I I I have trouble because sometimes you know people will say like, oh, this place was the best, you know, whatever. People will say like, oh, you haven't had ramen until you've eaten it in Kyoto, and you're like, okay, I get it. You've been you've been in Japan, but like, <laughs> but like. I have this this theory that these food interests and loves that people have are situational where it's like, okay, maybe do you think a New York slice of pizza is the best because you're romanticizing the vibe of like, if I walked in, got a slice, walked out on the street in Midtown, and while I took my first bite was just looking around New York City, that's a lot better vibe than like, I got to go and I'm eating it at my desk at work. Yep. The same slice of pizza isn't going to hit the same. So the same thing goes with Buffalo. Every time we eat at Lenova, we're with this just amazing crew of friends. We got people getting together that haven't seen each other in a long time, years old friendships. The the owner, Dave at Lenova, is incredible and like takes care of us in such a crazy way um, that I think that plays into it. But also, they Lenova ships worldwide and they've shipped pizzas to my house and it's still incredible. Wow, that 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 says a lot, man, because frozen pizza, no matter where it comes from, doesn't taste the same. And like, no, 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 no. it definitely doesn't. I, I think it comes down to like the ovens they use and all that. But I'm not going to be Absolutely. like a typical Long Island food snob like pizza and bagels is only from Long Island. But <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see, my experience with that was was uh, with Chicago. The first time I was in Chicago was uh, uh, a couple of years back. A uh, bunch of buddies and I, we actually made the trip in a in a sprinter to uh do riot fest uh which was nice awesome awesome experience but so we ended up getting um uh you know like like the original authentic giordano's there uh and of course i mean you know it was it it's incredible and um you know we ended up uh like maybe i don't know three or four months later like we ended up getting it like shipped like we all because we all kind of wanted like a nostalgia moment we're like i remember how good that pizza was like, yeah, let's yeah. all throw in. We'll get, like, you know, some pies shipped and we'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was nothing like the original. So, you oh, know, no I'm, I'm pumped to hear that, like, that, like, you got, you know, the good side of that because, like, I got the bad side of that stick. And I was just <laughs> like, like, oh, this is just like pizza lava with, like, yep. red misery. And it was just, ugh, terrible. Like, oh, oh, man. It turns out I was just jacked up on seeing Jawbreaker. Dude, exactly. I was just jacked <laughs> up on on maybe running into CM Punk somewhere. That was, that was the, the whole the whole thing of it. So um, so incredible. So like, so obviously growing up in the music scene, um, yes. you know, you, you've got to do you know all these awesome collaborations. So like, if you could take us back to like, uh, the moment or the moments that you can remember when you got into alternative music, like what were the some of the some of the bands that kind of built you that base to get into all the music that you're into now. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the, I mean, if you're really going back, the start of it is my older, bro- I have an older brother who's like metal, Hessian metal, older brother. Um, yeah, all right. he, he had, he had long hair forever. And so like, he had me listening to like Slayer and Metallica and all cool. these types of things. Yep. Um, and then that segued me. I don't know how exactly I found it. My, my dad would take us to, to a record store here called cool stuff. Okay. Um, and it was kind of like not every week, but maybe every other week or something, it'd be like, you can pick one CD. You know what I mean? Like back in those times, it was like, 
somehow it was like more expensive than it like it was like seventeen dollars for a CD or some shit. Um, so I would be I would like really like okay I'm looking at the promotional posters okay for fans of this or fans of that I'm like and I'd be like really doing math because if you got if you paid seventeen bucks for this CD and it sucked you're bummed like yep there was a shitty time. Uh, and so somehow all of that felt dropped me into like the fat rat chords family. So sure. I was listening to like all the no effects, no use for name, all those type of bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and California has like a pretty robust scene of those type of things. And like, you know, a ton of bands from orange County and stuff in that yeah, world. Absolutely. So, so it kind of took me into that. So already having that kind of like as my base layer, then when I'm in, I get into high school. Um, I was a, I was a senior in 2004, so mm-hmm. my high school years was like the height of Orange County's like 18 Visions Throwdown, like yep. that whole that whole scene. Sure. So so that was like you know you go back to the start. My very first show ever was uh, Aquabats Real Big Fish Blink 182. When I'm like I'm in like middle school or something, and my dad took me. It was fucking sick. Hell of a so, show. Hell of a hell of a gig. Would <laughs> gig again today. Yeah. Um, so then, so you run through those, but then kind of the second wave of like my first show with my friends, um, you know, we start going to. There's a venue out here called Chain Reaction. Sure. And small spot, but like legendary. Everyone's played there. Um, what's funny is I'll tell you guys here first. We have a collab coming out with them soon. Um, as we're kind of trying to help some of the venues that haven't been able to do anything right now. Um, so there will, be, there will be a chain reaction VG shirt dropping soon that we're very excited about. That's um, so sick. We're, it, it's so rad. We're, we're so pumped. So then I started going to those shows, the throwdowns, the 18 visions, all these like, you know, things in our hardcore world, which we then expanded upon. And it ended up leading to, uh, in my early twenties, I toured with throwdown for, I think like 1.3 tours, um, like did a full U S Canada run, did a little bit of warp tour, did a little bit of a, uh, it was like a six show tour, like California thing. Um, and I was just in, like, I was just like, this is fucking awesome. Like I found so many of my like great friends that I have today. Um, like met so many great people who, I mean, as you guys know, coming from that world, it's like, you kind of just have this, like, I don't know, I guess DIY is the thing, but it's like, it's mm-hmm. almost more than DIY because it's like there isn't another option. It's it's DIY without financial backing. Where yeah. it's like you do this or you it's do or die. Like if if you can't figure out, you know, if your van breaks down, you can't figure out how to get to Tulsa. Well, then you're not getting the fucking gas money yep. to get to the next city. So exactly. then, yep. then you're you're calling your mom and trying to get her to buy you a plane ticket home or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. So I think that is a big part of like what helped us with VG as we we came from that world and it like helped us business wise tremendously. And we talk about it all the time because we actually uh, one of our super I mean one of our best friends and uh, actually has a desk at our office is uh, our friend Biggie who he manages every time I die Terror Circus Survive like manages a ton of bands and sweet we talk about it all the time, like that those years were so formative in that, like the way that we think in life and business and all these things that like, 
like how they how they say everyone should have to be a server at a restaurant for some period of time. Yep, for the perspective, you, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You should also have to go on tour because <laughs> it is just like it is. I mean, now I mean I I I'm turning into the old person who's like nowadays kids have iPhones. I I toured with the Trio 650. So I didn't I wasn't able to find where Chipotle was without talking to a stranger. <laughs> it's great because we actually had Matt and Tim on from the 31 and 31 project. Oh, fuck. Nice. And nice. and they mentioned the same thing like this is like a walk in the park for them because of their touring backgrounds. Oh, they're built for, like people in hockey it was so funny when we tell people about it and they're like holy shit a different city every day and they're like going on and on i'm like dude this is a cakewalk they're flying from city to city like <laughs> they're 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 doing this like they're fucking taylor swift or something it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah their van was pretty <laughs> pimped out oh it was nice yeah matt's van is great that was awesome now like was every time every time i die like your hint that you could combine your two worlds was it like wait can i like combine hockey and music somehow and like that was your way of knowing that this would be successful you know that was uh a little bit of like so we take like um there's a lot of great design in the hardcore world it's gone through you know several phases but band merch you know it's such a big money maker that and then people there it's such creative people that it just made so much amazing merch that when when we started the brand and our main ethos was we we're like, I love this I love this club and I love this sport, but I fucking hate the merch. It's so bad. Oh my and god! And it's like yes, I don't want a cardboard Reebok shirt that just is the Islanders logo in the center of the chest. Like, dude, it's know, so want... funny. Tom and I were just talking about that before we recorded. Like how bad, like team authentic merch is. It's so bad. It it is, and what's amazing is it's still bad. So what's great is they, they just continue to pave this way for us um, where we like, it's just crazy. They, they make just bad stuff and I get it. They have a a very broad audience to to pander to, but we started looking at that. We're like, well, why don't we take some of our design vibe, which Brian did a ton of design for bands and all kinds of stuff. And this is the aesthetic we love. Like we, to this day have, have a rule that if we won't wear it, we won't make it. So it's like, we'll get presented a bunch of stuff and we look at it. And if a couple of the items are whack, me and Brian are like, dude, I would never wear that. Come on. Like we can't, we can't sell that. And that kind of has just brought us through to today is like taking that band merch and just putting it to hockey. Yeah. But then like, also when like people in bands are also hockey fans, like, did you know that that crossover existed? Dude, because like I very little. <laughs> yeah, very because little. if you go to any show these days and like I'm I'm 33 and I still go to shows, you see yep. a shit ton of violent gentleman stuff in the crowd on the stage. So like, you know, did, it's amazing. Yeah, did you you I guess you were about to say like you didn't really know that that existed? I had no idea ever. And um I was so stoked to find that. And it's kind of like it's kind of a similar thing where like, I mean, the internet isn't new per se, but like from like when I, like literally when I, when I toured, I was on a trio and then I think a sidekick maybe. Um, So it was kind of like, you kind of saw other people's worlds, but not like you do today. So I had no idea that there were all these hockey fans everywhere that it was even bigger than it was in California. And 
this and that. So it was amazing. Um, but what's interesting about hockey is it's not, it's almost not a sport in that, like, it's the, it's the like punk version of sports. So, and, and we, we kind of like always had that mindset, but then where it really got lamented was I was having a conversation with uh, Chris Sheary, who does all of the art for the descendants. And he told me, he goes, this is so interesting that you say this. He goes, I've seen you guys do collabs with Rancid and this and that. And he's like, I wondered what this was. And he goes, this is interesting because um, he goes, over the years, the rule with the descendants has been Milo said, no sports. We're not putting out any merch that has any sports references or this or that. We hate jocks. We hate the whole vibe, you know, whatever. And he goes, but hockey is okay. And I was like, what? He's like, dude, <laughs> we've done countless Descendants hockey shirts, but they will say hockey is okay, sports are not. And I'm like, dude, we feel that so much. Like the hockey guy is so different than like the jock sports guy. It's like, it's somehow very different. And hearing that from him, I was just like, damn, Milo gets it. Like, this is incredible. Speaking of, speaking of um of the descendants, real quick, uh, just just reminded me of it. So uh, a buddy of mine who I met a couple of years ago at a at a fest, uh, one of the fests at, in Gainesville, um, nice. was doing these uh, awesome Bob's Burgers descendants uh, like parody shirts. Oh, I love it. Uh, I I, I want to say I think his name was Chase, if I remember correctly. He worked under uh, Conspire Prince, is what he called it, but. He would do, um, you know, he had like this Tina Belcher shirt that, you know, instead of saying, you know, everything sucks, it says everything butts. And oh, uh, boy. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones they did. But like, I, I, I have all of them in my, um, in, in, like in my dresser somewhere. Like I bought like four or five of them, but uh, <laughs> just, just like such great stuff. He did another one that was uh, a Simpsons collab. Uh, it was like a, a Meet is Murder spoof. And it's Lisa with the uh, Meet is Murder oh. helmet. But yeah, just like yeah, such- yeah such great stuff. And I love that kind of, um, that, that kind of like, you know, like just towing the line of like, yeah, like maybe we'll get in trouble or get like a cease and desist, but like, screw it, man, let's do it. Um, but so one of the awesome things, you know, obviously all of the like merch and, and all of the apparel and all the shirts you guys do is so fantastic. But, uh, one of the things that, you know, I noticed you guys were doing that it like, it totally, piques my interest because i i was a huge record collector is all of the um the collabs that you guys were doing uh with actual records i know you guys uh oh yeah you did uh you did the one with uh with with uh you know the the boys in the ghost inside and i think like you did like 300 copies in like an hour um Uh, or something like that like something absurd it it was it was was 57 minutes but we weren't counted um i love it man that's and, but uh, and to be to be totally honest, we were hoping it was going to go for like the whole weekend, and yep. then our our uh, girl in charge of customer service, Sierra, messages our group thing and is like, "Hey, this is selling really fast." And then we're like, "What?" Like we start. Then I started paying attention. I was like, "Holy shit!" And then I looked, and then she sends us the message. It sold out. And I look back. I'm like, "Dude, I posted on Instagram 57 minutes ago." I'm like. Yep. This is incredible. And, like, and that and that's the thing, like the stars align, you know, for you there, because I mean, like, you know, you've got, you know, your your ethos, which is cool as shit. Obviously, 
the ghost inside, you know, coming back after that terrible van accident and making music again is cool as shit. And I mean, yep. like you can't, you can't make a better story than that. And I, I mean, to be honest with you, 57 minutes, like I, I, I was surprised it even lasted that long. I mean, yeah, you know. we're, we're stoked, <laughs> man. It was, it was so cool. Um, and it was actually came at an interesting time because they had, they had the whole, uh, uh, I don't know if you call it a scandal with, uh, with Jim. Yeah, they're now they're now former bass player, yep. and um, we thought we think that the band and Jim dealt with the problem correctly, and you know I I think that was all all right. It was it wasn't our place to have any thought on it, but we of think course. they did the right we think they did the right thing. Sure, and sure. it gave us an amazing moment where people were were messaging us saying, "Hey, I want to cancel my order," and we go, "Okay, that's fine. We can cancel." Um, and then we'd get into a conversation with them about it and go, "Hey, just so you know." This is what actually ended up happening. They let him go. They pretty much as a band took a stand and said, this isn't okay. He's gone. Yep. And uh, we were able to have some just like amazing, really meaningful conversations with fans. Yeah. Um, and uh, some went well and some went, ah, I don't care. I still want to cancel. And it was like, fine. Sure. That's totally understand. Totally great. That's up to you to make. Yeah. Um, as a band, they've always just been like, they've always been great guys with us. Um mm -hmm great supporters i mean that first video came out and i i played i've played hockey with vigil for years and he didn't say a fucking word to me and then the video comes out and it's like the thumbnail this this is all him in this violent gents jacket and i'm like dude like you never <laughs> mentioned this you never said a word like you just went and he's like oh yeah like i don't know it's just argue. like i just wore the stuff i actually wear and yeah this is where it is and it was just fucking incredible. Um, it was super rad. We're so stoked on it. Um, our, same, our, I think maybe fourth or fifth collab with the Ghost Inside. Yeah. Um, which similar, legit hockey fans, legit people. Like, we'll do as many as, we'll pretty much do as many as they want to do. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of that, uh, I believe we, fingers crossed, just got things dialed that we will be doing a VG eated vinyl. Sick. And now so, you, so we're talking for like a, a new record potentially an up, or, or an upcoming an upcoming release. Very cool, man. That that yeah. I mean that that's the that's the the perfect one. And that actually is is kind of a, a good segue because I wanted to ask you, like, so obviously you've gotten all these cool opportunities. I mean, you know, obviously Stray and Four Year Strong and all these great bands, but like, are there any like dream collaborations? Like either like we we can we could pipe dream it like crazy like you know like is there like a band let, let's let's frame it this way if you could pick one band that's active today and then Ooh. one band that you know isn't active from the past you know present whatever so one band active one band that's not that you could pick to do a collaboration with whether it's apparel vinyl whatever it would be like oh man what two would you choose i know i'm putting you on the spot oh yeah. what a spot <laughs> Okay. Um, I mean, act, active today, active today. I would go. I would obviously go. Like, I mean, if you just if you're gonna if I could shoot for the fences, I'll shoot for the fences. I would probably honestly go with Metallica. Hell yeah! Because dudes of Metallica are legit hockey fans. Um, Lars Lars was like giant Kings fan. Was there when they won the cup? Like, legit hockey people. Like, I mean, they're top favorite band of all time 1000% we they invited a couple of us up to their uh like practice space that they they're crazy like 
compound they have up in San Francisco. Not oh. not the band itself, but some people that work for them. And uh, we got to go up. The band was on tour in Europe or something, so we we got to see their operation. All of them were all hockey fans. Like That's so, awesome. it it would be it would be uh, a life moment. And and like I don't I don't know if humble's the right word, but I like to like bring things back a little bit where we we've done a couple collabs now with with rancid and that is like previous to doing rancid i probably would have said rancid like they are one of my top bands of all time like they're just incredible we're we're super tight with their drummer brandon and he's a close friend and an amazing person and i think lars lars is one of the best frontmen of a band ever like oh yeah he he just has this confidence and this like just perfect vibe it's incredible so working with them was already like what i would have picked so now we're just going to like another bay area band sweet and, and switching it over to metallica because because rancid's already been done or else i think that would have been my pick personally rancid is just one of those bands man i've, I've been i've had the pleasure of seeing them live about probably three times in my life mm-hmm. and they're just like so you you think of punk bands right and you think of like you know, a band getting on stage and like just sounded like absolute shit, right? But like, who cares? Yeah. It's, it's punk rock, right? Rancid, yeah. like, I, they like blast through like 35 songs in an hour and a half and they sound like impeccably perfect. And it's just yeah. like, how is this even possible? Like, just yeah. unbelievable. But on that note, I will say, Mikey, if you write an email, to Lars Ulrich, <laughs> just like just, I, I would just love to see what you would say to Lars Ulrich to try to get him on this show. Like, <laughs> just like like no chance that it'll happen. But I would just I think you should draft an email anyway, just in case. Just yeah, just I mean I mean if the answer is no, unless you have you know what I mean. It's, yeah, it's right, already exactly. It's, cur- it's currently no. So what are you going to do? It's just going to go back to what it was right now. Exactly right. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what this podcast your, is built on. I just take shots yeah. in the dark all the time. I would shoot your shot at everything possible for an interview. There you go, love it, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so now moving to defunct band that I yeah. choose in a similar. It's funny because they're just in a similar world. Mm-hmm. I think I would go Pantera. Oh, okay. They Same. they wrote they wrote what is there is no argument the best goal song in the NHL. The Dallas Stars goal song is bananas. <laughs> and that is a that is a Pantera written song. So I, I think that I think that would have to be that would have to be my jam. See, we, we we we've talked goal songs and I had no idea that they were using a Pantera song. That's pretty that's pretty wild. Oh that that uh so if you go and listen to the to the Stars goal song, it is it was it was written and performed by Pantera for the stars because they're like Pantera were huge Dallas stars fans, season ticket holders. They, uh, uh, Vinnie Paul owned, or I mean, I guess his family's trust whatever still owns, uh, like chain of strip clubs in Dallas. And that was where, like when the stars won the cup, they partied at his place. And like, there's a whole story about how, he dented the Stanley Cup because he threw it off his balcony into his pool in his backyard, yeah. and like, and like Mike Madonna had to take the heat for it and say it was him, <laughs> and like, it's a whole like they're just deeply ingrained in hockey, and uh, I think that's why they would be 
I, I think that's why they would have been like if Violent Gentleman was around in like 1995, we would have been making like insane like uh, wild like dyed 90s metal Pantera <laughs> VG shirts and hell yeah, trying trying to do that. <laughs> is this, I mean, the best thing about it is, I mean, the song is literally just called "Puck Off." Like that's what it's called. Like that, <laughs> it's it's incredible. I love it. It's great. It's just like. They can never, ever change that. That has to live on forever. Absolutely. Unless state champs becomes, like, bigger than Pintera somehow. Oh, uh, there's no chance. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Never going to happen, man. <laughs> my, my goal for this podcast is to talk to, like, a guy who is, like, a legit fan from every single, like, fan base for, like, in this genre of music and... Dallas Stars, Ooh. yeah, that's that's like my goal. I I I think you guys should take take it from me because I I would love to see like a <laughs> Islanders like like fan of that team also like Violent Gentlemen collaboration. And obviously, my boys at Envy on the Coast, I would have to say, are the number one Islander fans. I mean, I would say I would say our boy uh, uh, Nick from Bayside, but somehow he turned out a Rangers fan. I know it's funny. He's actually from the same hometown as Tom and I. Uh, what a son, what a son of a bee! And all three of you left. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's it's those taxes. But he went to somewhere where the taxes are probably just as high. Oh yeah, for sure. But it's it's a it's a good vibe. He actually lives like ten minutes away from me. Crazy, crazy yeah, small gotta, world. Gotta, yo, the smallest. Absolutely. So, were you in Nick's fantasy hockey league? I was indeed. I was in that one. Me too. What was your so like? I was in that league, and obviously, I don't know like all the the managers. What was your team name? Uh, mine was like Hammer Hammer something. It's been so long since I got to watch sports. Um, uh, Hammer was in the name, I believe, but also there's a chance it was a different one because I think Nick was in a few. Okay, yeah, I'm in the DPHO Cup one. Oh, okay. No, I'm not in that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering. Is, I was like, I wonder if he's in the same league as me. Uh, I wish. If I was, you for sure annihilated me. I can't pick a fantasy hockey team at all. Yeah, it, it was it was tough. I'm, so, like, right now I was sitting in the sixth seed, so I guess I would have made the playoffs. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. Obviously, I think it's just done. Yeah, I think I think everyone just returns their money and we're, <laughs> we're set. <laughs> So I guess I could just ask like one kind of wrap up question. Um, Yo. y- you were like born and raised a Ducks fan because they, you know, the team came when you were probably what, like seven, eight years old. Uh, yeah, the team came when I was eight. So what's interesting? It's funny. So my house is divided. So my my fiance is the uh, traveling uh, reporter, TV reporter for the Los Angeles Kings. And so we kind of have this like kind of funny, like very light beef where I'm a Ducks fan. She's a Kings fan. And what what's going all the way back, though, is I started out in life as a Kings fan uh, because that was the only hockey team. So then so there's all these pictures of me, like with a little Gretzky jersey on and all this shit. So then we get a local team and then I become a Ducks fan in, you know, 93 and have been a, a Ducks fan since I'm a season ticket holder now and, and big fan. And I've, 
I just grew to like hate the Kings and hate their fan and this and that, whatever. And then now I'm fucking marrying, like <laughs> marrying in the organization. And it's so funny because all of these people, I was like, ah, the Kings, whatever. And then now through her, I met like all of her, you know, co-hosts on TV, like, you know, uh, Jim Fox and Faust and all these guys, and they're all amazing. And like, you know, everyone in the organization is just like the best people. And I'm like, man, to think I, I used to, as a fan, be like, oh, I hate this organization. And then now, like, we have this VG fan named Omar who's amazing. And he has VG and King stickers all over his car. And he sent us an image one day. He goes, dude, look what was on my car when I got back. Luke Robitaille saw his car in a parking lot and left a note on his car that said, hey, we appreciate your support of the Kings, and we love VG, signed Luke and Stacia Robitaille. And I'm just like, what? what is going on in the world? Like, <laughs> my head, my like, it was one of those moments I just had to, like, sit for a minute and be like, what the fuck is going on? This is insane. That That is insane. So, so that's 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 my flight. Uh, Ducks fan, but but like sneaky, also Kings fan. Man, the Ducks did so much for the like growing the game of hockey that I don't really think like they get credit for because obviously you know it all all goes back to like the Mighty Ducks movies and yeah you know that's the first movie I can think of that was a hockey movie targeted for kids. And oh, one hundred percent in the nineties, it was so huge to get kids just like that normally wouldn't have liked hockey into it, and then you know the movies transformed into an actual hockey team, and that oh, yeah. still blows my mind that that happened <laughs> and oh when, oh, I couldn't ima- like imagine watching all that transpire as like a twenty or thirty year old and like <clears throat> actually like. Like, as a kid, you're just like, oh, yeah, they're a hockey team, of course. They're a team in the movie, whatever. But, like, if that happened today, I'd be like, what is going on? This yeah. is insane. Like, it's so insane. <laughs> and then, yeah, like... it was, it was great. And then, obviously, it, was, it became such a hit, and it was, like, one of the most, like, sold jerseys at the time. And... Oh, yeah. So many teams rebranded because of that. And... Specifically, yeah, they tried to take that kind of vibe. Yep. Specifically, the New York Islanders and our fisherman lo- fisherman logo, like it was, hey. it was designed I, by the same like person. That. Oh no way! Yeah, or maybe it was like the San Jose Sharks. It was like one of those California teams. Oh, I lo- I love that fisherman logo. All right, all right, we got you on it's, the record giving praise for it because <laughs> it's hey, ter- it's, it, ridic- it's ridiculous. That's what it's supposed to be. But when you look at the shoulder patch, like the the lighthouse on it that that lighthouse design should have been the main design mm, that's fair that's fair that's yeah an okay assessment um have you, have you seen uh the mighty ducks hotel in orlando no tom <laughs> i'm I, i'm clueless oh, about this guys, man guys i'll uh i'll find some info and send it to you there's a disney world hotel that has like a 30 foot mighty ducks logo it's like I think the hotel is technically called like World of Sports or something like that, and there's a bunch of like rad Mighty Ducks shit all around the hotel. Unbelievable! You might you might have to take a little trip out there when stuff opens up. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and for and sure see this stuff. Um, you know what? I, I I for some reason I'm 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 just thinking about this, and I just feel like I have to bring it up. Um, so obviously you you being like kind of around our same age, and we're talking about how the Mighty Ducks was really the first like 
kind of hockey theme that was really framed for kids. Do you do you remember all those Matt Christopher books? I that do. were like it was like soccer goal and like hockey slap shot and like oh, yeah, football yeah, yeah. Okay. football yeah. touchdown. Like he wrote yeah. like forty of these books that were all in like the library at my elementary school. I, I loosely remember this. Right. Okay. I'm so to, I'm gonna have to Google. Yeah. So I just I think about that because I'm pretty sure. I can't think of the name of it. I think it was called like Ice. I want to say Ice Town, but that's like me thinking of Homie from Parks and Rec's like weird thing. But it was like <laughs> Ice something, but it was like one of like the only like hockey books I had ever read when I was like six or seven years old. And then from there, like I got a copy of like NHL 94, 95 for like Sega Genesis. And like that's how I got into hockey. It was like, reading this like terrible book then like playing uh-huh. this like awesome video game and w- one of the great things about it is like you know obviously i ended up becoming an islander fan uh but like i was kind of all over the place but uh i always used to play with the the ducks because i could play with paul korea and timu solani and like that Ooh. was like that was like oh what a tandem like you know these guys are so good they're rated like 96 overall like these guys are awesome so oh, like yeah that was my whole, in a nutshell, like all of my '90s hockey, like knowledge was just like all based on like Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. So I just I had to throw that in there because these Matt Christopher books, I think I'm gonna end up like buying them off of like eBay or something now. <laughs> oh, 100. percent That's how this goes. Is we just we'll pay a ton of money for some weird nostalgia item now, so it can just sit on your bookshelf and like once a year, <laughs> once a year when an old friend comes by, you're like, dude. Remember this? Dude, you remember football <laughs> touchdown? Dude, you remember yeah. kick? Yeah, they were great. Yeah, I read this every once in a while. <laughs> That's just incredible. Stock up my classroom library with all the hits. Yes. So kind of just a quick question. Um, since the ducks are out, what do you plan on yep. doing until December? Because that is a long sure. stretch without watching your team play hockey. Dude, I we're 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 tight with some some guys on the team because they they live pretty close to where our office is and like i like i started being like holy shit what am i going to do till december and then i started texting them because i was like what are you going to do you know what i mean like yeah a hockey player like if you made the nhl you've never taken nine months off like that's never happened in your whole life yeah um so i really feel for those guys and what they're going to have to like go through training wise and etc you know i'm just gonna enjoy the fuck out of this tournament um i'm super excited for it i think it's gonna be really fun uh they released the schedule and it's like 15 hours of hockey a oh, day, yeah. and i'm just like let's fucking go like <laughs> anyone that complains about that like get off the bus yeah like, we're Seriously. this is what we need right now this is an incredible um I'm, I'm just so excited about that so that's gonna take us through to you know october and then, so we got October, November. So it's like, we're going to have a short off season. We're going to have the free agency. It's going to be, it's going to go by, it's going to go by in a breeze with all the, uh, all the, this round Robin tournament, all the stuff going on. I think, I think it'll be fine. All right. Yeah. That was, that was just, I, I was thinking about it because usually as Islander fans, we have like long stretches without hockey, but this is like yep. the longest ever. <laughs> so, well, and you guys, uh, are the Islanders, uh, are they a play-in team or are they a top team? 
they're a playing team. So I think I'll that's bet. the best situation to be in because oh my we, god, absolutely. We still have a shot at that over first overall pick, which blows my mind. Dude, could you imagine what? Mm-hmm. What if? Oh my god, I I wouldn't. New, it, new arena, you got that kid. Like it could. I mean, it could just do such insane things. Where like, uh, it's it's a it's a tough like thing to go back to. But like my personally, when I look at the league and the history of draft picks, the number one situation affected my club, which was the year that the Ducks picked second overall, they got Bobby Ryan. And had they picked first overall, they would have had fucking Sidney Crosby. And they would have had years of Crosby centering Corey Perry. And it would have been, the Ducks would have won cups, cup after cup. Like, those years, it would have been the most insane team ever because the Penguins have proven like my like Uncle Toby could be on Crosby's wing and score <laughs> twenty goals. So like <laughs> you put anyone with some some decent hands and finishing ability, like it can it changes your whole like if he never went to the Penguins, the Penguins might have like they might have had to move or something. Oh, they were yeah. having, like really they were in really bad shape. rough years. And he just turned the whole thing around. There's like, man. What if, and I, and I like, that's how sad of a sports fan I am that like, I'll sit and like stare at the sky sometimes to be like, what, what if we got Sidney Crosby? Like, yeah, it, it but, still haunts me. Listen, but on the other side of it, you know, sometimes you have a first round draft pick and you draft the guy. And then like eight years later, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go play in Toronto. Uh, and you're not going to get shit for me. Adios, <laughs> amigo. Hey, hey, that was. <laughs> That was I felt for for Islanders fans on that. That was fucking brutal. Um, and it's hard it's hard to be the buddy in a breakup who goes, look look look, man. If she didn't want to be here, you don't want her. You know what I mean? Or or yeah. him, or, you know whatever whoever it is. But like, I mean, what a bum! What a bum! Fucking move by that guy. It oh was. my god! It was. Oh. And, I, and you know, like, and I mean, we've said it on on episodes before, but it's just like. You know, it happened, you know, it's over with. There are a lot of Islanders fans that are still very, very bitter about it. But at the end of the day, you know, the Islanders took it and said, hey, listen, either we could wallow in this or we could showcase, you know, some of our younger talent. And out of that shines, you know, Farsi. And I mean, it's just like we would have. Oh, yeah. You know, who knows if we would have seen how good this kid was had Tavares still been on the team. So. You just got to, you know, like everything in, in professional sports and, and all the stuff you love, you just got to kind of look at it with, you know, rose colored glasses sometimes and just realize like, hey, it could have could have been way worse. We could have been left with like a bunch of nobodies, but we made oh, it work somehow. So, oh, 100 percent. They're they're doing great. Barry, Barry is fucking killing it out on the island, dude. I yeah. we fucking love Barry Trotz. He's uh he's a family friend of my fiance because my fiance's dad. Uh, played with him in the 70s and so Barry is just such a good dude and like he is we knew he was going to crush it out there and we know we know some other people in in the organization out there and when when all that shit went down I guess there was a group chat with like I don't know players uh, I don't know who all's on the chat but like some players and management some people and when they when the news dropped of like hey John's going to Toronto I guess the player the players were like we're good like, he, like he's an incredible player, one thousand percent. But there's a lot of incredible players on this team, mm-hmm. and 
if we play as a team, we're going to be fine. And they fucking proved it. Like they're, they're fine. Like all good. Yeah. It, he definitely like thrives in a system and the Islanders have like just the, one of the best systems in, in hockey. And like, they have all those role players that, you know, yep. k- kind of get overlooked in, in this day and age, but you know, I have to say it, we do have one of the best fourth lines in hockey that, I mean, I mean, who's whose fourth line is better? Yeah, I, yeah, it's tough to say. Maybe, maybe the Golden Knights at times. Their fourth line is sick, but like right, right up there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and you know that kind of gets overlooked as being important. But you know, Trotz is comfortable to throw that fourth line against any other line in hockey. Like the best line 100%. in hockey, will put our fourth line out, and yep, not many teams are comfortable doing that. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. I, uh, I, I love that for, I love just the whole team. I mean, that's, I think it was this year's Stanley cup final was no one on either team was making double digit millions, I think was the stat. And they were saying like, this, this is probably the way is like, instead of trying to have like, can we build a team around Connor McDavid? It's like, why not have, you know, a bunch of guys that are all making five, six million instead of your 12 million guy. And then everyone else grabbing scraps and trying to find someone to play with him, like playing a true team, a team sport as a team is the way to go. It's like how that's how you're successful. We'll we'll, we'll definitely see how that pans out with, you know, Barzell's contract this summer. Hopefully he, he doesn't try to take advantage of us. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot's going to come Absolutely. down to what kind of deal Barzell wants. But Absolutely. We'll Hammer. <laughs> dude, I, I can't even, like, wrap my head around the fact that you just shot the shit with us for over an hour. Like, this is truly, truly special to us. And we we love everything you're doing. Like, combining music and hockey is what we're all about. And hearing your story is just inspiring. And it was it was a blast chatting with you, man. Awesome. Well, thank, thanks so much for having me. I love we lo- I love chatting with like minded, uh, like minded friends. I mean, we've got a ton of friends in common. But even if we didn't, uh, you're two dudes that I could go out and get a meal with and have a great time. And maybe maybe if it was existing, watch some hockey and hang. And, yeah, right. And, and and that that's what it's all about. So I appreciate you guys having me and having me here to tell our story. And it's it's great. And we appreciate the support. Absolutely, dude. Thank you so much. For sure. I uh, I hope to be back for episode two. <laughs> we would definitely love that. Once once the Ducks are back playing relevant hockey, we would love to have you back on. Oh, boy. That, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, see you in a while. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there, though. We'll be there. Yep. Amen. Breaks through Is this what it is?
And we're back. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how you do an interview with the one and only Hammer from Violent Gentleman. Mikey, what an unbelievable dude, right? Dude, you, you said like a, a clothing company. Violent Gentleman is a lifestyle. And it is by far what this podcast is all about. And he lives and breeds exactly what we're talking about. And like the mix between music and alter like alternative music and hockey. And that's like his nine to five job. How jealous are you? So jealous, man. And you know, little things I learned that I had no idea. I had no idea that he went out on tour with, with throwdown. That's super cool. You know, so he's got even that experience under his belt and, uh, you know, just learning all these little things about, you know, how they, uh, you know, how they're, they're buddies with, with the Every Time I Die guys and how they linked up with them and, you know, how uh, they were able to get, you know, some merch in, uh, you know, where the Sabres play and all this cool stuff, man. It's just like, you know, you, like, it, it's almost like this, this connection should have came, like, years ago. Like, you know, like, sometimes I think about that, like, 90s alternative music, I feel like, would have had such, a, like, a cool connection with like '90s Smash Mouth hockey, um, and like maybe we were just too young, and maybe it was there, and we just didn't realize it. But like, you know, I I, I couldn't really tell you. So super excited to know that you know, Hammer and the, and the VG boys are just gonna keep you know what we're doing close to the chest, and you know, gonna pave the way for all of us. So you know, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I I. I kind of, uh, I guess I kind of like blew my, you know, like blew it. I guess I blew it. You undersold it. They were just, yeah, exactly. Undersold it. That's the word I'm looking for. But wow. uh, I'm coming know, in I, with I, the, the word recommendations. You know, something's wrong. Dude, you're the wordsmith right now. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm super pumped. I'm so excited. Like, you know, I, you know, all of our interviews are awesome. I mean, every, every single person that we chat with, like, you know, is just, a great time and getting to learn about these, you know, all all these cool people and what they do and the kind of art they make is awesome. But just something about this particular episode just gets me so excited just because like, they're literally like what we're about, you know, 68 episodes in and like violent gentlemen is like, is what we're doing, except they're doing it like way better. And they're putting out such awesome stuff. But it just gets me so pumped, man. It really does. So, you know, I'm I'm babbling. I know I am, but I just like I'm so pumped. I'm so really, how, really pumped. How jealous are you that when our mutual friend Damber got married, he got me violent gentleman stuff and got you guys like wrestling stuff or something something else, like <laughs> for like the groomsman gift. Listen, man, I, you know, you know me very well. Like I love violent gentleman stuff. Like I love, you know, the you know, any non like NHL associated like gear, you know, like any, any of the violent gentleman stuff, you know, any of the stuff Devin's done, you know, I mean, it's, it's so much cooler than like the lazy blase stuff, but your wrestling stuff is kind of the same way. Like a lot of the stuff. Did I open a can of worms? No, no, but but like, like, so the W like the stuff the WWE puts out, like they do some like cool designs, but a lot of it is just like block text, pictures, colors. And a lot of the like WWE merchandise, like, you know, for instance, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
Travis Riley and uh, Private Hell. You know, obviously Private Hell has done hockey stuff, but they've also done uh, wrestling stuff as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of other companies, Cheap Pop, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of companies that do alternative wrestling stuff too. So, uh, you know, I feel like there's a market for it all. But no, I'm not bummed that you got Violent Gentleman stuff because you would have been bummed if you got wrestling stuff. So I think Dan Burr had your best interest in heart. (laughs) I would have been so bummed. Like when we had to buy that Dan Burr crew, what it's, I know it was like a wrestling spinoff shirt. Yeah. It was a spinoff of the bullet club. It was called Dan Burr club. And it was awesome. Oh dude. So lame. But I, I, I rock it every once in a while. Just, yeah, man, just, you you can rock it when you're, you know, making tables and like (laughs) painting wood, you know, Touche. Well, actually, that was the first article of Violent Gentleman clothing I've ever got in my possession. And really? I always followed them. Okay. And when it comes to, like, buying clothes, I have, like, real brand loyalty. Okay. And I only wear, like, band shirts or, you know, the, the Yes Men Outfitter stuff or new york bootleg stuff so like it took a while for me to open up to a new brand especially since like i'm very particular about sizing and yeah i don't know how to read a sizing chart if you know how to read a sizing chart like please message me tell me what i'm doing wrong like i have no clue how to read them so i always end up ordering the wrong like size and i guess if i lived in california this wouldn't be a problem because i would just go to the warehouse yep exactly but it, it's it opens up a can of worms and now i own multiple pieces of violent violent gentleman stuff and plan on ordering more and it's just it's awesome i i love the the like punk rock and hardcore aspects of their designs absolutely so like sometimes you can't tell is it like a band shirt or is it a hockey shirt and i think that's the point so they 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 get it absolutely yeah they're they're one of the companies that are doing it right they have their their finger on the pulse. Uh, they're making great, you know, great apparel. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's bittersweet for me because I got out of the record collecting game. Although I will tell you that I just pre-ordered my first record today, probably in like three and a half years. Um, so what like, you go with? Well, so uh, Into It Over It, you know, one of my favorite bands just announced they're putting a record out in September. And they put the pre-order link up and I was like, got to get it. Now, I will tell you that, like, I wasn't as crazy as I used to be where I was like right there at like 10 a.m. to get the most exclusive variant. You know, I got the second most exclusive variant. But to be honest, this go around, I'm going to buy records really to listen to them. You know, like Amanda and I have decided that we're going to, you know, get a nice little setup. We're going to, you know, find a piece of furniture that we both like. And, you know, we're actually going to you know, listen to them this time instead of just collecting them. So I think that's the big change now, but I'm not going crazy. I'm really just, you know, if my favorite band puts out a record, I'm going to buy it. But, you know, Violent Gentleman's coming along now and they're collaborating with all of these different artists and they're putting out exclusive variants, exclusive cover art. I mean, it's just, it's so cool what they're doing. And I mean, if I, you know, was as crazy of a record collector now as I was then, I'd probably have every single one. But, um, you know, it's just like, they really are doing such cool stuff. And I really hope that they end up putting out like a line of Hawaiian shirts so that like you can wear <laughs> violent gentlemen, Hawaiian shirts to work. And then everything comes full circle. Like you just, 
You're yeah. just full on doing it. That would literally bring all of my worlds together. It would be it would awesome. just be a supernova. It would. It would be a champagne champagne supernova. And uh, with that Oasis reference, I will lead us out. So again, uh, really hope you enjoyed our interview with with Hammer from Violent Gentleman as much as we did. He's a super super awesome guy. Uh, you know, super bummed on his behalf that he uh, you know doesn't have any relevant hockey you know to watch this go around. But um, who knows, man? If uh, you know, if all goes well, you know the Ducks could uh, could become a powerhouse again. You know, if they get the right people. So we will see what happens. But uh, here's the deal: you've heard us every single time. You know what to do. You know how to get there. So I'm just gonna make it short and sweet this time. Bar down breakdown dot com at bdbd podcast twitter at bar down breakdown instagram that's where all of our stuff is it's all compiled it's neat it's there for you if you have any questions about where to find our content it's all there so pop onto those links get there listen to the episodes please like comment subscribe just give us feedback man we we thrive off of that shit we really do so uh we hope you're enjoying what we're doing and uh, just remember, episode 69 is coming. And you know what that means. It's, it's, an, it's just a number. You thought, <laughs> you thought, now this is a wholesome family hockey and alternative podcast. No, it's not. We curse and we do weird shit. But hey, listen, we love you guys and we thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next time uh, with our next episode of Bar Down Breakdown coming at you. And on that note... Peace be with you. And also, I wish you would just.